The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Well, welcome to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt. I'm continuing on for our beloved uh, founder, Dan Celia, who's gone into glory earlier this year. So thanks for being with us today. If you're watching us live on Facebook or YouTube, please share us with your friends and family. Like us, subscribe, all of that good stuff. That really is a, a great way that you can support the ministry without opening your checkbook or... Um, you know, taking time to pray for us, which you hope we hope that you will do all of that as well. We are ending in the last month of our financial uh, fiscal year here at the ministry, and we would like to uh, end in the same tradition that Dan always did and end a strong year. So we're going to be starting a legacy campaign uh, coming up here, and we just ask that you pray about how you might be a blessing to financial ministries, financial issues ministries. <clears throat> so we are on YouTube, uh, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. The best way to get us and make sure that you keep us is to get our phone app, and you can do that very easily by going to your app store, Apple or Android. And uh, downloading that, there's lots of great content there. There's not only this show where you can go back and listen or watch, but there's financial issues, uh, FISM News, that does a uh, weekly broadcast uh, every weekday night at 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And it's a, a short 30 minutes you can devote to finding out what's happening in the world that you need to know about as a Christian. So speaking of FISM News, let's take a look at a story that they did about Biden on the campaign trail. During an inflammatory speech in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania on Tuesday, President Joe Biden attacked Republicans for what he said was endangering the lives of law enforcement while promoting the idea that Democrats are pro-police. See for yourself. Take a look. But now it's sickening to see the new attacks on the FBI threatening the life of law enforcement agents and their families for simply carrying out the law and doing their job. To this day, the MAGA Republicans in Congress defend the mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Cops attacked and assault, assaulted. So let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends in Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. Don't tell me. Biden then turned to gun reform. He mocked the NRA for speaking out against his gun reform bill passed earlier this year, known as the Safer Communities Act. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use that's used to provide this. And who are they shooting at? Shooting at these guys behind me. 
Wow, that is gaslighting and propaganda at its finest. But I tell you, that is a refreshing pivot that the Democrats are now supporting law enforcement. So I'm glad to hear him say that. You know, it was the the Democrat cities that supported the defund the police movement. Where are, are we hearing anything about that anymore? No, thank God that is dead and gone. But we're going to pretend like it wasn't the Democrats and the left that supported it. Because maybe the next thing he's going to say that it was those right wing BLM uh, rioters that were destroying property and attacking people and law enforcement that were causing all the problem. No, that's not exactly how it went. You know, where were the left and the Democrats telling the BLM rioters to stand down? No, no, they were encouraged to keep it up because they had the right to be mad at law enforcement and pitch ginormous temper tantrums, destroying property, attacking people, even breaking the law to express their disgust and how displeased they were with law enforcement's abuse of power. I'm not saying that they didn't have a right to be upset about abuses of power, but that was the way wrong way to do it. And it was the MAGA fascist that supported BLM and their violence, wasn't it? Nope, nope, nope. That was the Democrats and the left, too. But I'm glad that he's saying that it's not okay now to threaten the lives of FBI agents. But where was his outrage when the life of Justice Gorsuch was being threatened for, quote unquote, doing his job? I I didn't hear him come out and, you know, um, condemn people for those acts. I wonder if he's going to come out and reprimand the FBI for not doing their job and suppressing his son's laptop right before the last election. I wonder if he's going to support that investigation, if he's going to allow the FBI to do their job. So then he demeans the brave MAGA people who want to keep their Second Amendment rights while he passes an act to hire more IRS agents and then puts in the job description that they have to be willing to carry a weapon and use deadly force if necessary. So I guess if we uh, freedom-loving, Second Amendment right people want to keep our gun rights, we need to go apply for an IRS job. You know, he's doing a really great job in another campaign promise, which is to unify the country, right? It was Republicans that made this great division in the United States. Um, But now he's calling people who support Donald Trump semi-fascist, you know, just demeaning them, mocking us, calling us brave because we want to keep our gun rights. He's doing a really great job unifying this country. But you know what? He can get away with criticizing and ridiculing and degrading the MAGA deplorables. Let's not let's bring back that term that that Hillary came up with, you know, the basket of deplorables, because he knows that he will that we will never be dumb enough to fall for his lies his flawed policies, and the outright evil agenda that he is pushing to destroy this country. And maybe I shouldn't be so hard on him. You know, I really don't think he has a clue 
of where he even is most of the time. It's the people that are pulling the strings behind the scenes that are doing this. But we, the people, need to wake up. We need to see what's happening in our country, the greatest country on earth, and we need to make America great again. And we need to do it in the right way, the way that the founders gave us, you know, to get rid of people in government that are not doing the right thing. And we need to use the voting booth to do it. But we have to ensure that those rights are being seriously protected. You know, that that the elections are free and fair and not compromised. We have to pay attention to those things or we're going to lose the greatest country on earth to a very evil agenda. Well, I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues, and we're going to be taking some calls and uh, answering your questions. And in the next segment, we're going to take a look at some of the economic news about jobs and inflation and the markets. And of course, we're always going to be here talking about stewardship and how you can be a good steward of everything that the Lord has given you. We encourage you to go to our website and check out Samaritan Ministries if you want to be a good steward of your health care. They are a a sharing ministry that does a great job of taking the place of traditional health insurance. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's important to be prepared for the future. So we invest now to be responsible and ensure our financial future. But what many of us don't know is that how we invest just might be dishonoring to our Lord and Savior. There are companies that you could be investing in that support pornography, gambling, abortion, human trafficking, and other things that God detests. Invest with integrity. Invest biblically with the Timothy Plan. All throughout the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit IndiaPartners.org to see how your Your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these 5 million children. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank? Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account. Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. 
To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union, your money building God's kingdom. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of his people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt. And if you missed my, it wasn't as good as Dan's rant, but if you missed my little rant in the first segment of the show, I encourage you to go back and listen. We hope that if you are not a partner, that you will consider becoming a partner. If you hear anything interesting uh, on the show about stewardship, about the markets, about the economy, it's a great way to support this ministry and its a program of work, and also be able to get some investment in economic news from a biblical worldview. So speaking of the economy and the markets, we got some jobs numbers out. So we had new claims uh, for unemployment fell to the lowest level since June the 25th. Continuing claims, on the other hand, increased just a little bit, and the four-week moving average fell just a hair. It's been on a trend of going up. So we do still have a strong labor market. We also just got out unit labor cost um numbers that came out and for the second quarter you know they the numbers come out and then they revise them and they look at them and they they issue all of these um corrections so non form business sector unit cost increased by 10.2% in the second quarter of 2022 it was below the initial estimate of 10.8 and it followed a 12.7% increase in the first quarter. So let let me tell you how this impacts inflation, because that's really the thing that we're looking at right now. That is the key thing. Um, People know and are feeling the impacts of inflation. And inflation is just out of control right now. We're hearing that it's starting to moderate a little bit, but it's still just really high. We know this when we go to the gas pump, when we fill up, you know, even though we're not seeing $5 a gallon gasoline anymore, it's still well above, um, just about double where it was when Trump was about to leave office. So right after the election um where Biden was proclaimed to be the winner, we saw gas prices start to drop to jump. And that is because we knew what he was going to do. He told us in his campaign, right? He was going to shut down the fossil fuel industry. I mean, it's just ridiculous that he even thinks that he's going to be able to do that anytime soon. 
And California is just as ridiculous following behind him saying that they're going to ban gas vehicles by, what is it, 35 or something like that. It's just the infrastructure is not there. The logistics are not there. You know, you put a, a EV in every person's driveway and what happens when their battery goes out? Oh, well, I'll tell you what happens. If they have a um, lower end EV that's only worth about, say, $9,000 or so, and their battery goes out, guess what? The whole vehicle is toast because it's going to cost somewhere between twenty dollars and $30,000 to replace a battery in an EV that's worth $9,000. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Oh, Shanna, get this. I'm, I'm seeing a report from Fox and a couple other places that are saying that California is now asking the residents to not charge their electric vehicles just days after announcing that gas car ban. So they're just shooting themselves in the foot. It's hilarious. I feel terrible for our listeners in California. You know, if you lots of them are coming to Texas, but yes, sadly, they're bringing their politics with them. They don't no. even have enough sense to realize that the place that they left was so bad because of the policies in place, and they're trying to bring him to Texas and keep Austin weird and make Austin weirder, I guess. But, I mean, come on, have some common sense. What is the, the middle class is going to put solar panels on their homes so that they can charge their $9,000 SUV? They're going to spend, and this is no joke, I got a, a quote for my house recently, $100,000 for solar panels. <laughs> but don't worry, they're going to finance them for 30 years. It's just the the logic it just escapes me. I just I just don't get it. Anyway, back to the in, inflation and um jobs news. We did get unit labor cost out and they're they've jumped 10% in the second quarter, 12.7% in the first quarter. So what does this mean? When you look at the end product, when you go to the store to buy a product or your paying for a service. The company in a capitalistic society is in business to make money. So what's going to happen is you're going to get the the actual cost of that product, whatever it took our service, whatever it took to make it or make it uh, deliverable to the end client. And then they're going to add a profit on top of that because that's why they're in business in spite of the left's push to make publicly traded companies, public benefit corporations. That's really happening. The left is drafting shareholder resolutions. If you read some of that stuff that comes in, um, if you own individual stocks, you'll get you know the notice of the annual meeting and you'll see what's being voted on by the shareholders. And there's actually um, resolutions on there that people get to vote on that says that they want to turn the for-profit company into a non-profit organization. It's just absolutely a, an attack on capitalism, an attack on democracy, and it's just, you know, furthers the left's temp, attempt to make everyone dependent on the government because they're so wise and they're such good stewards of money that they can just take over everything for us and we can just sit back and relax. We don't really have to go to work. You know, we can just sit back and collect our check from the government and let them take care of us. <clears throat> Folks, that is putting the government in the place of God. God is the ultimate provider. He has given us even the ability to earn a living. Everything belongs to Him, and we can't trust a government that is so inept to take control of all of those things. So 
back to my point, I keep digressing here, but as unit labor costs go up, that means that um, companies are paying more for their labor. And that is in part due to the tight labor market that we have. It's starting to weaken a little bit. You're seeing companies start to pull back. But, you know, at one point, uh, not long ago, there were two open jobs available for every person that was wanting to work. Yesterday, I gave you some data about increases. People who stayed in their job over over the last year have gotten raises of about 7%. That's still not enough to keep up with the 85 to 9.5% nominal inflation that we're seeing. You know, if we uh, really broke it down into what we actually spend money on, I think the average American household would say that they're experiencing inflation much higher than what is actually being reported. But they're getting a raise. That's good. But it's only 7%. It's not enough to keep up with what they're doing. Um, but people who change jobs got an increase of about 16 or 17%. So that just tells us that the, the, the job market out there is very strong. There's that people that want to work can get a job and can get a good job. You know, on the search engines, they're the most popular searches are not now for $15 an hour jobs, but now for $20 an hour jobs. So um, all of this is going to be dependent on the economy. You know, if the if the Fed is able to slow the economy as much as they want to do, that's going to bring the job market into check. It's going to get inflation into check. And Powell told us this at the Jackson Hole meeting last week, he said there's going to be pain. It's going to be painful to do what needs to be done. And it's the same thing in this country. You know, our government is just out of control with its spending. It's going to take some action. It's going to take some some pain, maybe some higher taxes for a little while. Um, but the government has to do their part. They have to reduce waste. They have to reduce spending. They have to reduce the size and the reach of government. And we're going to keep saying that because all of those things are economic issues. You know, the things that we talk about, sometimes you think, well, what does that have to do with financial issues? But it has a lot to do with it. These people are influencing the uh, direction of our economy. And we have to get involved if we want to keep a country. Well, let's get to some calls. We have Bonnie calling from Ohio. Hi, Bonnie. Good morning, Shanna. Thank you so much for taking my call. My question today is about um, I need to rebalance in the technology IT sector um, because I I had originally um, equally invested in three positions, and one position is way up, one position's down, and one position is up a little bit. So what I didn't know, and the one position that's way up is 5.8% of my portfolio because mm-hmm. I have the portfolio tracker. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to um, take some of that out of there. But the good news is it's kind of at a high right now, so I'm not even, it's not even down over time. So this is my question. I did try to read about the three different positions that I have to figure out whether or not I was diversified within the sector. And I don't know, I was going to sell some of the one that was way up and just put it in some of the other two because the um, 
IT70 and the IT91 are both on the buy list. So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I could do that. But then I didn't know, I don't have anything in the TC portion of that sector. So I didn't know if I should wait or just go ahead and... For now, I would go ahead and trim the position that is um, making up 5.8% of your portfolio because it's, you know, that's one of the most important things is your asset allocation. Um, You could wait a little bit, you know, um, I don't know which model you're following, but in the 55 and 65 models, the cash has increased there temporarily. Um, it, it wouldn't hurt to just wait that out until something comes on to the into that sector. It helps you to diversify a little bit more. So the it's it's okay to have the IT seventy and the IT ninety one. Um, the other stock that you have is a little bit of a, a, a duplication. So I'm not sure which one that you're up that much in, but. The TE55, if it's that one, maybe you look at selling your whole position there and waiting until something else comes on that can help you diversify that that sector a little bit more. Okay. Yes, that is the one. And um, we are in the 55 to 65 um, age range. So, okay. All right. Well, that is what I needed to know. And then I can just wait. And then you think it'll, well, I guess, do you have any idea, like, do, am I waiting? I'm waiting then for something else to come on the buy list. Actually, I can be- think of some uh, at least one stock that's already on the buy list that is a different subsector. So as we're putting things on the buy list, we're trying to add the subsector in there so that you can diversify within the sector. So um, the two, you'll be able to see the subsectors for all three of them because IT70, IT91, and I don't know the number of the other one, I'm sorry, but that one is on the buy list as well. And you can go and look and you can look at the subsectors and you'll you'll figure out which one I'm talking about. Well, I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues and we're coming back to answer some more of your questions right after this break. Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with. We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to financial issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money. We are honoring God. The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org. Securities offered through G.A. Reppel & Company, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily represent those of G.A. Reppel or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan.
Well, welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shannon Burt, and we thank you for being here today. We do have a full board. We're going to get to that uh, right now. Let's go to Minda. Minda's calling from Georgia. Hi, Minda. Hi, Shannon. First, I want to say I know that the Lord and Dan are smiling down on you for how you've taken up the mantle and helped the partners. We really appreciate you. Well, thank you for that encouragement. Um, I am, you've probably answered this more than once, uh, I am overweighted in really good foundational stocks, and I use two different uh, asset allocations because my husband is working, I'm not, so I kind of use two of them, um, the one fifty-five to 65, and then the one over 65. Um, so being so overweighted in foundational and industrials, I think y'all have said don't sell foundationals. So what what would you suggest? Do I sell some profit off or? Yeah, so that's a great question. So foundational stocks are stocks that are foundational to the building of the portfolio. And in general, the advice is not to sell those. Uh, completely out. Now, there can be times when, and it sounds like this is the case, when they've done so well that they've become a larger part of the portfolio than they should be. So the overriding uh, principle that you want to go back to every time is your asset allocation. So if your allocation in the sector is way over, meaning by more than four or five percent, you want to do something to address that sector. And then within the sector, the positions that you want to have uh, are between one to two and a half percent of the overall portfolio. So it does make it a little bit more difficult when you're when you're using two different models, but you can do that on the portfolio tracker. It just um, you know it takes a little bit more more effort to do that. Um, I would prefer just personally to use a blended model just to pick one or the other. Um, to get there, you can you could use the sixty five model and be more growth oriented, or you could use the fifty five to sixty model and be more income oriented as you're choosing those stocks. And it would be kind of interesting just to see if you and now you have the ability to do more than one tracker, uh, more than one portfolio in the tracker. So you could actually do like another portfolio where you put in all your positions together, kind of see where that lands you. I think that would be an interesting analysis to see done. But yes, you can sell parts of your foundational position if they become too overweighted. For example, if you have a foundational position that has just done really, really well, and I can think of a few off the top of my head, but if it's that one stock now makes up more than, say, you know, 4% of your portfolio, you can sell off some of those shares to pare back down. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Shanna. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Minda. Thanks for calling, and thanks for all of your support. Let's go to Gary. Gary's calling us from Arkansas. Hi, Shannon. Uh, I have an IRA since 1984. I'm 75 years old, and I only take out of it what the government says you have to. Uh, It's set up on a guarantee of 5% plus a death benefit that's guaranteed that I am paying for it. Do I need to pull that out and put that in another IRA and start getting biblically minded? Yeah, so there's uh, two issues there. 
Um, one is being biblically responsible. So that is a conviction. It is very difficult to be biblically responsible in a commercial annuity because much like a 401k, they limit your menu of investment options. So you don't have a lot of different things that you can choose from that would be biblically responsible. So that is one issue. The next issue is the guarantees and the fees. So I am not a fan of commercial annuities. Um, because they are very complicated products and there are so many of them out there, you have to really understand what you're getting into and what the costs are. So it's, um, you know, in, in my practice, I've been, I've, I've tried to explain this to people, what the guarantees are, what the costs are, but at the end of the day, when people repeat that back to you, when they repeat the guarantee back to you, they don't understand it the way that you're saying it. So um, all annuity companies are, or most of them anyway, are under review constantly for sales practices, not necessarily for the products themselves or the SEC would stop them from issuing them. It's just that an annuity is the only product that can use the word guarantee. And for fearful investors, that is something that brings a lot of comfort. It's just that it's a false comfort because they don't really understand what the guarantee is. So what what I encourage people to do when they're considering, you know, should I move it out of this annuity is you have to first understand the promise that you have. So you have to go back and you have to look at your contract and you have to really get a good understanding. You're probably going to uh, do well to get someone to explain that to you, maybe not necessarily the person that sold it to you, maybe just call directly to the annuity company because the person that sold it to you has a uh, vested interest in you keeping that product. So you want to make sure you get just the facts. So what happens is that you have an investment, an annuity is a contract with an insurance company, and you have an investment that's wrapped up inside an insurance wrapper is the way that you can think about it. So the cost to have those guarantees is an insurance cost. The uh, insurance company charges you money for a promise that they're probably never going to have to make good on. And that's the way it is with your house insurance. You know, you pay your premium every year and you hope that your house doesn't burn down. But if it does, you've got that guarantee. So statistically speaking, insurance companies know that they're probably not ever going to have to make good on the guarantee that they're collecting money on. And that's why they're very, very profitable. So what happens is that you have this investment and the return is dragged down by the cost. So you have the cost of the money manager, um, which is the same whether you, you know, if you have a mutual fund, you have operating expenses. If you have an annuity, you have sub accounts that has operating expenses to pay the money managers. On top of that, in an annuity, you have the M&E fees. Those are the insurance costs. You can find that in the contract. On top of that, you may have rider fees. So you may have some guaranteed income as part of your contract with the insurance company. Uh, and then you may have a guaranteed death benefit. So they can sell all of these add-ons. And, you know, I, I would say that the average cost of an annuity is somewhere between 25 and 3%, you know, all in. And that's with minimal riders. So you can get up to cost of over 4%. So what does that mean? It means that the performance in your actual investment has to make at least 4% before you make any money. So you have to cover your costs there. So 
at the end of the day, what you have to do is you have to understand the guarantee that you have and then find out how much you're paying for that guarantee. And then you decide, is the guarantee that you're getting worth what you're paying for it? Right. Okay. Thank you. I am going to search into that and I've got to do it. And I thank you so much for that. Yeah. Great. Thanks for calling. We appreciate your support, Gary. Let's go to Rick calling from Texas. Hi, Rick. Good morning, Shanna. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you for all that you and the staff over there are doing to continue uh, Dan's legacy. Um, my question is, uh, I'd heard from a financial advisor that the tax codes don't change until 2026. And, uh, I, you know, I'm following Dan's advice and trying to get my uh, investments out of the qualified funds and into non-qualified funds. And I wanted to find out if you heard anything about that and what kind of impact that has on the timing that I've got to get this completed. Well, under the last set of tax changes that uh, President Trump implemented, there was a time frame on them. So that is that is probably accurate information there. However, the government can change the tax code whenever they can get enough support in Congress to do it. So this administration is bent on spending money and spending money in a very crazy manner. So they are for increasing taxes. Joe Biden said that when he was running for president. And it depends on the outcome of this coming election. You know, if the balance of power does not shift back to the Republicans, we can expect some very, very strong attempts and maybe even successful attempts at getting the tax code changed. So although that is the the status quo and we can, um, you know, we don't expect them to change until 2026 if we're following the tax code, the tax code's always up for change. I think you're doing a good job by doing that. You know, the way that we win in qualified accounts, because, you know, the money that we put in is tax deferred. That just means tax postponed, means we're kicking the can down the road, uh, following in the government's footsteps, you know, passing that responsibility down the road and to take that money out at some point in the future when we don't know what the tax rates are going to be. So we know what the tax rates are right now, and they're very favorable for people in, you know, it's, it's probably not going to stay around that uh, we get the opportunity to potentially take money out in the 12% bracket. So to me, that's a no-brainer to really consider, look at your tax situation if you're in that bracket and get some money out there. Well, I sure appreciate it. Now I'll keep picking away at this thing and make sure I can get it out of their hands. <laughs> Sounds great, Rick. Well, thanks for your support and thanks for being a partner of the ministry. Well, we got a couple of calls in the queue. We're going to get to those calls as soon as we come back from break. We're going to answer some of the questions that we've gotten from the partner website and some more social. So we hope that you'll come right back and hear what's on everybody's mind and get some good stewardship advice on how to be biblically responsible and be a good steward. I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. 
That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you, and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and to to take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God. God. I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. And all that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body. And that baby was supposed to be here for something. And that was all that mattered. This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby. And the story doesn't end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250 keyword baby, pound 250 baby, or donate securely at preborn.com. That's preborn.com. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt. Thanks for sticking with us today. We know that there's so much noise out there in the world. You know, you, there's just unlimited sources of places that you can go to find out what's happening, what's happening in the market, what's happening in the economy. And the information is there. There's no lack of information. And it can get very overwhelming as to how to process all of that. So what we're trying to do here at the ministry is keep you focused on what's important um, so that you don't have to listen to all of the noise. And interestingly enough, the way to avoid being led astray, because you know, One of the things that Jesus said when he went right before he went back to heaven, after he died and was resurrected, he said that he told us about the things that were going to happen in the end times, and we can look around and we can see all of that happening. 
But he said, stay aware, be on guard, continue to do what I've asked you to do while you're here, but be ready to go. Basically, I'm just kind of summarizing all of that. So it's really hard in a world of a lot of noise when Jesus warned us that there were going to be many that were going to come to try to deceive us to know what to do. Well, I'll tell you what counterfeiters, uh, counterfeit officers do when they're trying to prepare to catch counterfeit bills and out of circulation. They don't study the fakes. They don't listen to all of the conspiracy theories. They don't listen to all of the, uh, just go out and start listening, looking at different bills to see if they look fake or if they don't look fake. And they don't memorize what a fake looks like. What they do is they spend so much time focusing on the real thing so that when anything is held up next to what they know to be real and true, they can automatically dismiss it. And that's what we have to do. We have to know the Word of God so well that anything that comes to us outside of those parameters, we know to just throw away and disregard. So one great way that you can do that, even through this ministry, is to join our Bible study. Seth leads a great Bible study on Friday mornings at 5.30 a.m. Central Time, 6.30 Eastern Time. You can find the information at our website, financialissues.org, and you can sign up to get notices for that. You know, only the Lord can pack so much into a few words. I mean, when you really get into studying Scripture, they just come alive because the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you um, will help you apply whatever you're reading to whatever questions you have, to whatever situations that you're going through. I mean, you can read a Scripture a hundred different times, and the Holy Spirit can use that truth to apply to practical situations that you're going through. So I just encourage you, stay in the word. Deception is going to come more and more and more and more. And we have to be ready. We have to know the truth so that we can decipher the lie. Well, let's get back to calls. We've got Marilyn. She's calling from Kentucky. Hi, Marilyn. Hello there. Um. Shanna, I have listened for 11 or 12 years, started knowing nothing. Dan was a wonderful teacher, and you are continuing that. We are 76 and 79. Um, We are not living on the income, but are following a growth in income, more and more income, because we know we may use some of it. Um, I, I said I've listened for all these years, but I pretty much ignored everything that was said about the tracker because I wasn't doing the tracker. I was doing it on myself. But now that I've been hearing you say, <coughs> excuse me, that we should not have more than 3% in any one stock, I realized, oh dear, like Minda, I have way more than that in some foundational stocks. And I realize I probably just can't manage this without the tracker, especially since um, we don't have a lot of money, but I have 25000 in Timothy funds at Timothy, 
And then I have, I've been switching out of my IRA into investment accounts. I have about 46 still in the IRA and 65 in the investment account. So I really probably need the tracker to get this all figured out. And I want to know what is the simplest way an old person <laughs> can figure <laughs> out doing this tracker. What do I need to listen to? What, what do I need to do? All right. Well, whenever you go onto the tracker page, there's a, a link that says, watch this video. So it goes through and it tells you how to do it. It's very simple. What you're going to need to do is collect your statements. Um, or if you if you log in, just log in to your brokerage account. You're going to have to manually input the data at first. So all you really need is your ticker symbol. Um, your cost basis, if you want, it's not a performance tracker, so it's okay if you don't have your your cost basis in there. It's still going to work the same as long as you have the correct symbol, the number of shares, and then you have to match it to a category that's that's in your model. And then when you do that, once you get all of that information in, it probably won't take you a real long time. There's a button to click at the bottom that's going to bring up some charts for you, and it's going to show you the the recommended model. It's going to show you what you look like, and it's going to put this on a bar chart for you. So in one quick glance, you're going to be able to see if you're over or underweighted in any of the sectors that you're supposed to be in. It's going to give you concise and and really quick direction on what kind of action you need to take. If you need to reduce some holdings in a certain sector if you need to increase in others. And so it's a really great tool. Um, You really only want to use it, you know, three to four times a year to rebalance. You don't want to get into overbalancing or balancing too many times. So I just encourage you to use that. It's a really, really great tool. And I just, I really don't see how people can manage the program without it. Well, let's get to one more call really quick. We're coming up on the end of the show. Let's get to Tom. Tom's calling from Texas. Hello. Hello. Yes, I have a question uh, about IRAs, uh, required minimum distributions, and qualified charitable distributions. Okay. Uh, I have an IRA. I'm turned 72 this year, so I have an IRA at the bank. There's no basis in it. Uh, so I'll take my first uh, RMD this year, and I would like to maybe do a qualified charitable distribution uh, as part of that. Okay. Uh, okay, my question is, uh, I'll, I'll give you my three questions, and you can pick which one you want to answer okay. first. How will it show up on my 1099-R, or will it, on the qualified charitable distribution? And will that count as part of my gross income or not in determining if I even have to file an income tax report? I'm single, so the threshold there is 14250 
Okay, so uh, we're coming up on the end of the program. Let me get to those two questions really quick and distinguish the difference. Required minimum distribution is the government telling you a minimum of how much you have to take out this year. That RMD has to be met by either by taking the money out in some way, whether you're doing it with your giving, that's called a qualified charitable distribution, or whether you're just taking the money into your own bank account, or whether you're moving securities into an investment account. Your 1099 will report all distributions, and you want that to happen because you want the government to know that you met your RMD because there's a 50% penalty for money that you were supposed to take out as an RMD and did not do. So you want the full amount reported. Now, in order to make sure that you get the money out at the 0% tax rate and that it doesn't count as income, it's on around line four. It says how much was uh, taken out. You put your 1099 amount there, and then it says how much is taxable. That goes all the way over into the total adding up your income. So it's your responsibility to make sure that the qualified charitable distribution was done correctly, which means that it was sent directly from the IRA to a 501c3 organization. And you need to keep the documentation on file. You don't have to turn it in unless you get audited, but you need to keep that. It usually comes in the form of a letter from your brokerage company on where it went and who it was distributed to. And then you're going to put the taxable amount in that uh, in that box on your uh, tax return so that you don't have to pay taxes on it. So I hope that answers your question. And it's a really great way to get money out of an IRA without paying taxes. That's the way that you win with qualified money is to get the money out at the lowest rate possible. So we talk about that a lot on the show. There's a lot of great videos. If you're a partner, you can go and find more information about that. Well, folks, we are at the end of the program today. Just want to remind you that Jesus is coming back. We're going to ask to give an account of what we did with the time, talent, and treasure that we were trusted with. Let's be found good and faithful servants. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. If you like what you're hearing right now, you're going to love going to the website FISM.TV. FISM.TV is the home of nationally syndicated TV, radio, and podcasts, Financial Issues with Shanna Burt. But it's also home to the engaging history program, A Moment in History, and the news show FISM News, along with a whole slew of exciting and original programs that are all biblically based. Go visit our website. It's FISM.TV to learn more about this show and plenty more. Again, FISM.TV.